I'm glad you're here. If this is your first time here, we love it that you made worship a priority this morning. Uh, maybe you're here on vacation. You said, let's go over there. And I, we're glad. Just love it that you're here. Maybe you're here, you know, somebody uh, I met, I uh, forget, it might have been in this gathering, but somebody said, yeah, we're part-timers. You know, some folks are here because they got a place here and they come and worship, hang out. and Yeah. Uh, and then some of you are here all the time and that's cool. Here you go. This is what I say. You gathered? That makes you the gathering. So welcome. We're glad you're here to worship this morning. We want to celebrate that. We want to welcome you. Uh, I want you to, and I'm still a little loud, Bob, because I'm echoing in my own head. And I'm gonna get loud. I'm gonna get loud for a reason here in a minute. And they're not gonna enjoy that. So. <laughs> All right. So about I don't know four or five weeks ago, I was finishing up Second uh, Peter chapter one. I had kind of made my way through 1 Peter during last year, and, and God held me off of 2 Peter for a while, and I think for a reason. And now we're in 2 Peter, and we did 2 Peter chapter 1, and now we're into 2 Peter chapter 2. And when we got to, as I began working forward into 2 Peter, and I got to 2 Peter chapter 2, I said, oh God, please don't make me preach that. I, I really don't want to preach that, God. God, that's, that's not going to be fun. So if you were... Expecting this morning, you know, the edifying and uplifting and encouraging word, well, maybe you want to come back next week. Because <laughs> this is a passage where Peter pretty much just throws it down. Now, here's what I know about the Word of God. This is the Word of God. It is inspired by the Word, by God Himself. God breathed. God used men over the course of many years to put down His Word, the revelation of Himself for us. So that we would have it not only uh, Old Testament, intertestamental period, New Testament. Not just for those ages and days, but that we might know the revelation of God continually, all the way up to 2021. So when I start into 2 Peter chapter 2, this is not just Peter writing to the people in his day and in his time or to the crowd that would, would, would be able to read this letter. We know that the Gospels, the letters, the Revelation, all of these things are inspired by God. This is God's Word. It's not that it contains God's Word. God's Word. It's not that it, it, we can discern. No, this is God's Word. And guess what? You and I don't have the authority to do edit it. God did not ask you to edit his word. God didn't give you the authority. God didn't give you the, 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 here, don't take this the wrong way, but God didn't give you the intelligence either or me for that matter. All right. God didn't give us that platform to edit his word. So uh, as I was sharing, I said, all right, what was the first, what is the most important thing Peter wants to communicate with his audience through this letter. What is it? He's writing to the scattered. I call them the gathered and scattered. The elect who are throughout the Roman Empire. That's what he says. That's 1 Peter. And then he comes back in 2 Peter and he's right now at the end of 1 Peter. Remember he said, look, times are going to be, there are going to be fiery trials coming. Not just regular trials, but fiery trials. 
Right? And that's what he says. And, and, and so he writes this letter and he says to, to uh, those who have received a faith equal to ours. Listen to what he says right here. He says, may, this, is, this is not in the outline, Pat, so don't worry about it. May grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. What is the main thing, the most important thing, the one thing that Peter wants to communicate to us? A knowledge of God. To know God. To know Jesus. You see? Now, when I look at this thing, I say, okay, Peter, you want me to know God. You want me to have a knowledge of God. You want me to have a knowledge of Jesus. Now, it, interestingly, it's in chapter 1 where he goes back through that knowledge. Add to your faith this, knowledge this, know God, all this kind of stuff. And then he gets to verse 16 in chapter 1. He says, for we did not follow cleverly contrived myths. When we made known to you, what? The power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Instead, we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. We hung out with Jesus. Man, I love that. That's why I said that to the kids. Uh, we knew Trudy was, was out on the beach playing with turtles this morning. Got a text, said, can you do children's time? I was like, yeah, let's hang out. See, Peter got to hang out with Jesus. So Peter wants to communicate to you and me, Jesus. He wants us to know Jesus. Okay? You got that? So that's the context of, of chapter 2. Because at the end of chapter 1, he says that no prophecy ever came by the will of man. Instead, men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Okay? So God reveals himself. He wants us to know him. Okay? Now listen to this. Okay? All right, look. Everybody feel encouraged right now? Okay, get ready. There were indeed false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. They will bring in, now listen to this, this is a heavy word, destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them and will bring swift destruction on themselves. I want you to hear what he's saying right there. If you're, <clears throat> what he's saying is, is there will be teachings, quote, prophecies that will seek to draw you away from the master, Jesus. Many will follow their depraved ways and the way of truth will be maligned because of them. They will exploit you in their greed with, now get this, ah, made up stories. Their condemnation pronounced long ago is not idle and their destruction does not sleep. For if God didn't spare the angels who sinned but cast them into hell and delivered them in chains and utter darkness to be kept for judgment and if he didn't spare the ancient world but protected Noah, a preacher of righteousness and seven others when he brought the flood on the world of the ungodly and if he reduced the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to ashes and condemned them to extinction making them an example of what is coming to the ungodly and if he rescued righteous Lot distressed by the depraved behavior of the immoral for as that righteous man lived among them day by day his righteous soul was tormented by the lawless deeds he saw and heard then the Lord knows 
how to rescue the godly from trials and to keep the unrighteous under punishment for the day of judgment, especially those who follow the polluting desires of the flesh and despise authority. Now, five weeks ago, I said, God, please don't make me preach that. I want to preach that. And so he gave me some time. You know, during the, during the course of June, I got to share some different messages out of Hebrews and some places. And, and so then in this break where I was away last week, this is, I had already put the outline together and everything several weeks ago. God said, all right, it's time. And so I started looking at this thing and I was like, oh man. And I said, Peter, what do you want me to know? As I study this passage, Peter, what do you want me to know? God showed me something in that passage. I don't hear audible voices from God, though God can do anything he wants to. But this is what I realized. Peter was saying, it's not what I want you to know, it's who I want you to know. I want you to know Jesus. I want you to know Jesus in all his majesty. We were eyewitnesses of Jesus in his majesty. I want you to know Jesus. And then he comes to chapter 2. He says, but be careful. Because there will be false prophets. There have been false prophets. There are false prophets. There will be false prophets. There have been false teachers. There are false teachers. There will be false teachers. Be careful. Because if anything steers you from Jesus, you better be alert. You better pay attention. That verse 16 over there means something to me, and I'll tell you, I'll explain it. Verse 16 in chapter 1 says, For we did not follow cleverly contrived myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Instead, we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Jesus said, I am the way, truth, truth, and the life. I'm going to stop on truth a minute. I want to know the truth. Therefore, I want to know Jesus. Jesus didn't say I'm just speaking truth. Jesus didn't say I'm revealing truth. Jesus says I am the truth. If you want to know the truth, know Jesus. Go back to Jesus every time if you want to know the truth. Because, see, we've allowed the culture we live in, we've allowed the world we live in to start sort of counterbalancing and and promoting truths that that are not essential. Okay? Now, here's the way I want to put it, all right? In my office, I have these framed things. One says, I was ordained a deacon back when I was about 23 years old and too young to even be considered, in my opinion. I didn't know what I was doing. Then I was ordained, and then, then, then they gave me this diploma. And it said, Bachelor of Arts, Biblical Education. Does that make y'all feel better? Just curious, all right. <laughs> I love to see you laugh, man. All right, so, so then they gave me this diploma, this bigger, it was a bigger diploma. Uh, from from the seminary, which we jokingly call the cemetery, but anyway, seminary. <clears throat> and it said, I have a master's 
of divine things. I thought it meant a master's of candy making, divinity, but no. It's a master of divine things. And so, man, I had those things proudly framed and put on the wall of my first office, right? And people would walk in and go, hmm. Gave them a confidence in my, what, knowledge, intelligence, my, I don't know. See, we live in a world where those kind of things are measured, where those kind of things make people go, hmm, right? Why would anybody be a false prophet? Why would anybody be a false teacher? That's the question I've been asking for the last couple of weeks as I've been going back into this passage. Peter is saying there were false prophets, there will be false teachers. Some people like to split that hair and say, okay, you know, prophecy, all da, 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 da. I don't care. Here's what I know. The most important word in both of those things is the word false. It's the word false. Why would anybody be a false prophet or a false teacher? Maybe we're going to give them, if we want to give them the benefit of the doubt, and we're, we're grace people, right? We're under grace. Let's give them some grace. Maybe they were deceived. And they're only teaching the deception they were taught. Right? That's the grace statement right there. Maybe there's a different reason. Maybe there's a different motivation. Maybe there's a different heart plan. Why would a person teach falsely? Why would a person uh, prophesy falsely? Maybe it's for some kind of gain. Maybe they're going to be a prophet for immorality. Now, See, at 8.10 this morning, we didn't have a single child in the room. So now I'm going to have to walk a fine line in revealing what I'm going to reveal to you. We live in a corrupt and immoral world. People in this world are doing more to please, let's say, everything south of their waistline. Wrong for me to say that? There are prophets who proclaim all of that, whatever pleases you, whatever, whatever you feel like on the inside, just go and do it. Maybe the gain is, is I get to have any kind of debauched life I want to have. That's, that's false prophecy. That's false teaching. That's, that's evil. Okay? Maybe they're false prophets because it gains them or protects power, influence, position, or title. I'm going to promote this ideology because I get to sit on the top of the heap of that ideology. I get to be elected. See, yeah, I went there. Yes, I went there. I'm going to keep preaching and doing whatever keeps my power, keeps my influence, keeps my title, keep, keeps all of this stuff so I can hang on to it. That is the corruption in our world, folks. It's evil. It is absolutely, diametrically opposed 
to the message of God from Genesis to Revelation. Okay? Still encouraged? Didn't think so. All right. Third thing. Why might a person be a false prophet or a false teacher? Maybe it gains them wealth. Maybe it satisfies their pleasure. Maybe it secures their position. Or maybe it earns them some sort of financial or otherwise benefit. Right? I'm going to lead all these folks astray. Now, here you go. This is where some of you are going to get mad at me and I don't care. I'm going to lead all these people astray because they're going to give me their money. And I'm going to live in that house. Folks, why did Peter write this down? First of all, because God gave it to him to write down. And second of all, because he was speaking truth into a broken and fallen world. And Peter and God himself wants you to know Jesus. Know Jesus. Hung out with a mentor of mine this week up in Maryland. He was an older gentleman when I was in the first congregation. I had the privilege of pastoring. I would have breakfast with him on Friday mornings and he and I would pick and, 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 and noodle Bible passages. He was so smart. He was so wise. His name's Lynn Pieca. His, his hair's been white since he was like 20. I don't know. Anyway. Um, so Sunday afternoon, I was at his house, and we were eating a burger together, and, and, uh, and, 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 and he brought up a topic. And I said, well, you know, and, and, and he went, mm-mm. I said, you're not a pastor. You don't get to tell me no, right? Isn't that what I'm supposed to do? I'm the pastor. I'm the one with the degrees. Now, Lynn, who's been hanging out with Jesus a whole lot longer than I've been hanging out with Jesus, said, no, that's not the point. And he began to lay it out for me, and I went, wow. That was a totally different passage, not this passage. We sat there, and we just enjoyed Jesus together. It was incredible. See? Peter wants you to know Jesus. I want you to know Jesus. I don't want to stand up here and preach judgment and condemnation. I want you to know that something's wrong. Ever walk into a room and know something's wrong? Right? You walk in and you go, something's not right here. I, 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 had, I left my glasses at home this morning, which is a bad thing. So I ran home to get them and coming back, I parked over yonder. And I came into this door, and as I walked in that door, I smelled something burning. We still hadn't found it, just a warning. Uh, anyway. <laughs> don't know what it was. It kind of went away, it dissipated. I don't know if we tripped a breaker or what we did, but I walked in and went, something's wrong. Folks, look at the world around you. Something's wrong. Something's wrong, not something's wrong in the world, something's wrong in the culture, something's wrong in our country, something's wrong in our community. We know something's wrong. And, and there are those out there who want to preach and continue the wrong because they've attained something from it. 
See, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth. I want to know truth. I want to know Jesus better. I want to hang out with Jesus. Okay? I look around me and I go, the few times that I'll even turn on a news channel anymore, I go, that's not right. Something's wrong. Anytime. Now, I'll be honest with you. Anytime I hear a politician, I go, something wrong. Okay? Sometimes when I hear preachers, I go, something wrong. When it's a preacher, somebody that has, you know, given himself over to, to, to leadership of the body of Christ, I go, okay, let me go look in the Word for that. Let me go study that. Let me go see what God's saying there. See what I mean? But the Spirit of God in us shouts at us, something's wrong. Something's wrong in the world around us when we celebrate evil and condemn good. That's a prophetic statement. Something's wrong when we're willing to let our kids be taught the corruption of this culture. Something's wrong. Okay? Why? Immorality, power, wealth. Guess what? God judges. God judges. Their condemnation, this is in the middle of verse 3, their condemnation pronounced long ago is not idle and their destruction does not sleep. For if God didn't spare the angels, now God's own messengers that God created, God didn't spare them from destruction. They sinned. He cast them into hell and delivered them in chains of other darkness to be kept for judgment. And if he didn't spare the ancient world but protected them, Noah, Protected Noah, a preacher of righteousness, and seven others when he brought the, world, the flood on the world of the end. You know how you get away from the flood? You deny it happened. You want to get away from a worldwide flood and God's judgment? Oh, that couldn't possibly happen. Science says so. Forgive me for being, mm. I told you you weren't going to be encouraged. I warned you ahead of time. Come back next week. And if he rescued, if he reduced the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to ashes and condemned them to extinction, making them an example of what is coming to the ungodly, and if he rescued righteous Lot, distressed by the depraved behavior of the immoral. Now, that's a def, that is a specific reference to immorality. And I'm going to go ahead and say it so parents explain it. S- sexual immorality. A specific reference, okay? And we live in a culture that celebrates it. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. You know how you get away from the something wrong? Just retranslate it. You know what it looks like? Oh, Sodom and Gomorrah were punished because they were inhospitable. They didn't welcome the strangers. I don't know if you read it from the Bible, they welcomed them. And if Lot was distressed by it, when he's the one that picked party capital over the fields that Abraham got, 
Lot. <laughs> Rescued righteous Lot. Wow. Then the Lord knows how. Now, here you go. I started with encouragement. I'm going to finish with encouragement. God knows how to rescue. Okay. God knows how to. Here's what it says. The Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials and to keep the unrighteous under punishment for the day of judgment, especially those. Now, here you go. Now, understand. People always come up to me. And like, so here are the points of the message today. Ready? Something's wrong. God judges. God delivers. That's the only thing, th three things you remember today. Remember those three things. Something's wrong. God judges and God delivers. He says, then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials and to keep the unrighteous under punishment for the day of judgment, especially those who follow the polluting desires of the flesh and despise authority. Wow. Now do you know why I didn't want to preach this passage? Now you know why I said God didn't give me the intelligence or the authority to edit his word. God said this, not Bobby. When I preach some of the things I've shared with you, even cryptically this morning, people say, well, you can't judge. I'm not. God has judged. God is judge. God will judge. It ain't me. I'm just reading it to you. You want to argue about it? Argue with God. You will lose. It won't turn out well for you when you argue with God. But God, God's going to go, mm, you got it right there. I wrote it down for you. Folks, we live in a corrupt world. It's broken. It's fallen. Sin has, has absolutely infiltrated insidiously every aspect of our lives. And yet, God delivers. Who did Peter want you to know this morning? I mean, you came. If this is your first time, thank you for making a priority. <clears throat> I'll understand if you don't come back. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just saying this, though. Well, here you go. Who did God intend for you to get to know better this morning? Your neighbor? The pastor? The kids? No. He wanted you to get to know Jesus better. And Jesus is the truth. I am amazed in our culture and in this culture of elitist intellectualism, how many people I come across who think they've been given some authority to edit God's word. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're not God. Okay? I want you to know Jesus. That's where it starts. 
Guess what? In judgment day, as that passage mentions, that's where it ends too. It starts with Jesus, it ends with Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Get to know Jesus. Get to know Jesus. If you don't know him, we want to introduce you to him. Nick's down here. There's a, others in the room. Sit down and introduce you to Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, that is your single greatest need this morning, is to know Jesus. If you know him, but you're not walking with him, you're living the whatever of the world, the Bible says that's sin. It's unrighteousness. It's ungodliness. Godlessness. You need to repent. Confess. Guess here's the hope verse. If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Man! I need a bath every day. And I don't mean water and soap. I mean, I just get before the throne of God and go, God, please forgive me. Please. I confess that that anger, that pride, that lust, whatever, that is sin and it is an abomination. God hates sin, y'all. Stop making excuses for it. God hates sin. Now, everybody says, no, God's love. Duh! You can't say God loves sin. I'm sorry. Doesn't work that way. God hates sin. He sent a way of redemption for you and I. He has offered you salvation. Will you have it? Pray with me. God, thank you. Thank you for your word. God, I did not. You know, God, we've, I've wrestled with you over this passage, God, and I lost. So, God, thank you. Thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you, God, that you love us enough to speak truth into our lives. God, help us not to make excuses and rationalizations and justifications for, for doing those deplorable, that, 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 the dirt of this world. God, help us to seek righteousness. Help us to, to seek holiness. Help us to run toward you, to run after God, fill us with your spirit. It's only by your spirit, God, that we even have a chance of, of making right choices. The work of your spirit in our lives, guiding, convicting, leading, filling. God, help us to run to you. God, I want to know Jesus better today. Jesus, I want to know you. Help us to know you. In Jesus' name, we pray it. Amen.